He was shot multiple times with a 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol. He barely survived, which many people thought would be life-ending injuries. He's a retired police officer. The suspect was killed. He's here to talk about the incident, his long road to recovery, and life after. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. In the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, we are joined by special guests talking about their experiences, their realities of investigating crimes, plus those who have experienced horrendous trauma. Police, first responders, military, and victims of crime share their stories. Hi, I'm John J. Wiley. In addition to being a broadcaster, I'm also a retired police sergeant. Be sure to check out our website, letradio.com, and also like us on Facebook. Search for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Are you looking for great products that could be game changers for people, for their physical health, for their overall well-being? Go to letpops.com. That's letpops.com. I take these Juice Plus products. They make a world of difference for me. Better energy. I sleep better every night. Full night sleep every night. Zero leg cramps and more. Many people will tell you about the wonderful things that these products do for them. Plus, it can be a phenomenal business opportunity. You can help people improve their lives and for a very small fee, get a complete back end, complete website, zero inventory, no shipping, none of that stuff. Get full details on our website, letpops.com. That is letpops.com. Calling us from Northeast Florida, we have Jared Reston on the Law Enforcement Talk radio show. Jared is a retired police officer from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Department. Now, I'll have him explain in a moment. I know it sounds weird, and I'm sure people right now are going, hey, how can it be a police officer working for a sheriff's department? Well, that's one of the only agencies I know in the United States that is a sheriff's department that has police officers. Am I correct? Uh, we're kind of like a metro, so like, you know, Las Vegas. So we consolidated in 1968, the city of So it's the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. Uh, we wear blue. The side of our cars say police or sheriff, and then the back of our cars say police. And what's ironic about that, I live in South Florida, is and when Jerry says he wear, we wear blue, most of the sheriff's departments in Florida wear green. And they have green all over their cars, and they say sheriff. And it's not a dispute thing. It's just a difference thing. And uh, we're all on the same team. We're all blue. Yes. During your career, and we'll talk about Jacksonville in a moment. By the way, I love Jacksonville, Florida. I love the area. And Jared and I talked quickly before the interview. One of the things I love about Jacksonville, I did a morning show in Lake City, Florida for about five years, and I go to Jacksonville quite often. And if you go I-10 from downtown Jacksonville, you could be in stone-cold country in 15 minutes and still be in Jacksonville, still be in Duval County. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That, that's one of the cool things about working for Jacksonville is you have so, you know, you can be rural and urban in the same department, same job. Isn't that that's so ironic? Coming from a cop from Baltimore, that just seems so weird because I there was no rural anywhere in Baltimore. For sure. And, and one other thing uh, that people should be aware of: Jacksonville is that the largest city land wise, United States? Yes. Yeah, so it's the largest city land mass wise because because we consolidated. So the county of Duval is the city of Jacksonville. That's another odd thing. And one last thing. 
you would think that when it comes to violent cities in the state of Florida, in the southeast part of the United States, Jacksonville, Florida, wouldn't be top of mind on that list. Yet, it's one of the most violent cities in Florida, for sure, if not the United States. Am I wrong on that one? You are. Per capita, we are the most violent. That's mind-blowing. I know that so many Jacksonville officers that have either been killed are uh, severely injured, maimed, disabled in the line of duty from gun violence, from altercations. It's a long list. It's not just you. It's a huge, long list, and uh, it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. No, we just had um, two shot this year, actually. That's um, it's, it's a sad thing. And y- your story, and I want people to understand this, this is, and I say this all the time when it's appropriate, we're talking with a walking, talking miracle because you were in a situation, Jared, as a police officer that many people do not survive. You were shot multiple times with a forty-five caliber semi-automatic pistol. Yeah, for sure. I shot seven times. Seven times. And we're here talking to you. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was definitely a lot of luck or some intervention in that one. Somebody had their hand on you. I don't, and I had this conversation with many guests before, and I'm going to ask you this as a question. There were many great cops I worked with that were killed, that were severely injured. And I used to always think, Jared, that'll never happen to me because I'm just that good. And yeah, I know it sounds egotistical or whatever. And then the older I get, the the more I realize they were good too. And I can't come up with an explanation why I'm alive and they're not. And there is no reason for it except for, you know, God needed them at that time and he took them. That's sometimes, and I, I want more answers than that in my old age, but yeah. that's all I got. That's all I can come up with. Well, and that's really all you can. I mean, what what can you do? You know what I mean? It's, it, they're, you know, they reached out and touched them. The other thing is, and, and I'm going to ask you this as a question, there was, I was in multiple shootings, uh, four shootings in a little more than 10 years. And by the way, none were like the media says. The first two, I never fired a shot back. The second two were, were long drawn out affairs. Thankfully, everyone survived. I was never shot. I was hurt, but never shot. And I had multiple close calls, and I start thinking sometimes, and it, it does. there's no logic to it, Jared, but it's like, how did I make it through those? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, so I've been involved in four shootings where I was a shooter and 15 other separate shootings where I was getting shot at or my people were shooting next to me and I just didn't have an angle or whatever. And, you know, I had to write a report on that shooting. So, I mean, I'm one of those guys that I was involved in a lot of stuff that people, you know, it just is what it is. Do you ever question why you survived and and others didn't or... Was there anything to put your finger on and saying, hey, other than uh, divine intervention, is there anything you can come up with as saying this is the reason why I'm still alive and kicking today? No. So I talk a lot about mindset and skills and things like that. But why I'm alive is luck, and I was wearing my, my protective equipment. I mean, I took one dead center of my chest. If I didn't have a vest on, that would have been a showstopper. Yeah. But, and I'm sure you were injured with that. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that soft body armor, while it stops projectile, you still wind up getting internal injuries and quite often massive bruising. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's bruising and stuff, but nothing. it was nothing crazy. But luck kept me alive. Your mindset 
will let you take advantage of that luck of being alive and being able to fight, but then you also need the skill set and the skills on it to actually win that encounter. So it's all stackable. You know what I mean? Just right. surviving something is luck. But what you do after you take the hit and or whatever, that's where your training and your mindset and your skills show themselves. One of the things that we were taught early on, and I'm sure you were too, and starting from almost day one in the academy was never, ever, ever give up the fight. Always stay in it. Right. And the reason being is— I think that was instilled in me, you know, through sports growing up. That's just one of those—you know, through your parents, you know, that never, never quit attitude. When we return, we're going to talk about the incident where Jared was shot seven times at a forty-five, and it was a severe gunfight, and the suspect was was shot and killed. I've got to say this: one of the last shootings I was in, and I, my wife and I, I call her the boss. We talk periodically about, and she, I met her well after police work. Uh, that I will remember for the rest of my life, the thought came to mind that this guy is trying to kill me. I didn't understand why. And I knew I was going to die, but I swore at that point that it was not going to be because of him and not because of anything he did. And I was going to do whatever it took. I mean, whatever it took to survive. This is the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. When we return our conversation with Jared Reston, we're going to talk about the night he was shot and then go into his long road to recovery. Get access to free podcast versions of the show and more on Facebook. Do a search for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and be sure to click like. There's so much heading away. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you want to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, simply contact us. It couldn't be easier. You can send us a message on Facebook. Look for and like the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show page or email j at letradio.com. That's j-a-y at letradio.com. Return a conversation with Jared Reston on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Jared is retired Jacksonville police officer, retired from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. I know that sounds like a contradiction, but it's one of those agencies where it's the Sheriff's Department, but they're police officers. And the other thing is Jacksonville encompasses the entire area of Duval County, so which Jacksonville is the largest city in the United States landmass-wise. In your career... Jared, you had an incident where you got into a gunfight with a criminal, uh, not not the first one. Uh, he was armed with a 45 hang. I say he, I assume it's he, with a 45 handgun. You were shot seven times. Are you able to talk about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. What happened? Let's start with the lead up to the confrontation. Right. So, um, I was working off duty at a square mall. It's a it's a local mall here in Jacksonville. And uh, just for people who don't know, like working off duty is like an extra way for police to make extra income by the private business will pay for the police to be there, but they also pay for the city for the use of our uniforms and right. things like that. And we handle law enforcement problems on the property while we're there. So like they don't have to dispatch a unit kind of deal. Um, so I'm working at a local mall with uh, my partner and best friend. Uh, we're both working, and we get contacted by loss prevention that they will be 
stopping some shoplifters exiting out the south doors of their, their store. Um, the mall security office is on the north side, so we wouldn't be able to make it, but we had mall security bring it up on video. We were going to watch it to make sure that everything went okay. On video, you can see a white male and a black male exit the store. You see loss prevention come up to them, identify themselves as loss prevention. The male begins to physically fight loss prevention right there. So me and my partner, we take off out of the store or out of the security to try to make it to the to the incident. We make by the time we make it there, the um, whale was already taken into custody by loss prevention, and they were like dusting them off and walking them back to the store. You know, we stopped. Hey, is everything okay? They say, yeah, everything's great. But the male also stole something, and we like him apprehended. And I'm like, okay, well, kind of where's he at? And they kind of point over to an area. About 75 yards across the parking lot along the highway is like a large bus stop. Well, the suspect kind of separated himself from that to, to watch what was happening with his friend. And he saw us see him. We had that, like, you know, you were, you were a cop. You had that yep. aha moment. Yeah, like, that aha moment where you lock eyes and it's on. <laughs> yep. And he took off running, so we gave chase. Um and it happened about 7.40 at night, so me and my partner had to play Frogger across the six-lane highway to get to him. And then he was, like, walk, running through a shopping center. So we're running through the shopping center. Um, he was kind of stuck by the front sidewalk of the shopping center as we were cutting through the parking lot. And as he started approaching, like, the corner, I saw his, like, his legs wobble. And he got, like, you know, I was like, oh, that lactic acid got him. I got him now. So I told my partner, I'm going to pick it up and get to the corner and go get him. So I took, separated myself from my partner, and I rounded, as he rounded the corner, he started to walk along the sidewalk, kind of trying to act nonchalant to the mm -hmm. traffic or whatever was there just so he could kind of walk away. And I rounded the corner. I drew my taser because at that point I only had possible retail theft and resisting an officer, you know, two misdemeanors. So I drew my taser told him, hey, stop. I need you to stop. We're going to go back. Stop running. We got to go handle this or I'm going to tase you. Well, he turned around and looks at me, has his hands up, not like above his head, but he has his hands up probably equal with his ear height, you know, like kind of surrendering, but still backpedaling. I'm telling him to stop or I was going to tase him. And he turns and takes off running again. So I give him a chase, you know, maybe five, 10 more yards, I put my the red dot laser on the back of his on his back, squeezed the trigger, held it there for what like seemed like an eternity, and nothing happened. The taser never discharged; it didn't do anything. Um, and we're still continuing to run, so I'm closing that gap on him. So I had to to safe my taser, holster it, and we went hands on with him. As soon as I went hands on with him, he had like a zip, um, a hooded zip up sweatshirt so i was going to grab the hood pull him down and go to the ground with him well as soon as i put my hand on his hood he spun backwards through his right arm up high and came around and then came to rest like facing me and he was facing me in a fighting stance mm -hmm. you know his body was bladed his hands were covering his chin his chin was tucked i was like okay now we're in a fight well so we got into the the physical confrontation seconds into that, I don't know where he produced it from. I never, I never recognized the signs that he was armed, but he produced the 45 caliber pistol 
and the first shot hit me dead in my face. It hit me dead center of my chin and exited out my neck. And I started falling down to my left. Um, I never heard the shot or saw the gun or I can't say that I didn't see a, the muzzle flash because I don't know if it was the muzzle flash or you, you know you get punched in the face you see like, you know you see stars. Yeah, you do. But um, it felt like a punch. Um, and I when I started falling, like I've been punched, I, you know, I, was, it, it, I had to shake the cobwebs off a little bit. And as I'm falling down, because it happened like there's like a think of like a 25 yard circular retention pond that's dry and only has water in it when it rains. So then, you know, four feet deep, and it happened on the, the top of the embankment. And as I was rolling down that embankment, I'm telling myself, Jared, get up, get up, get up. He hit you with a good one, get up. But before I can came to rest, I could feel with my tongue that my jaw has, like, collapsed on top of itself, and my teeth are laying horizontal in my mouth. So I knew it wasn't a punch. And then I look up at him. And he's standing over me, shooting me. So that's when I first recognized, okay, I'm in a gunfight. He shot me. I need to do something. So as I'm kind of shaking off the cobwebs, he's still walking away, and he would look back, and every time I moved, he would shoot at me and continue to shoot at me. But when from laying on my back, I drew my pistol and went strong hand only, and I was using my, my uh, weak hand to push off, off the ground to get into a good fighting stance to try to get to my feet. But I started engaging him from my back, engaging him as he did it. But when I drew the pistol and started sitting up, he saw that and started coming back on me, trying to put me down. Um, so I was engaging him and I knew I was getting hits and I could see like it was working. I changed what he was doing. Everything was going well. My front sight would lay down on his torso and he'd get another round, he'd get another round but he just continued to come and continued to shoot. And then when he got close enough to me, I lunged up, I grabbed him, pulled him down to me. And as I pulled him down to me, we were going to the ground. It was kind of like a belly to back. Now his head's um, mid chest, but he's facing away from me. As soon as we hit the ground, I put my muzzle to his head and I gave him three contact shots to his head. And on that note, Jared, we got to take a short with. break. We're turning to this, uh, this conversation with Jared Reston, retired Jacksonville police officer in just a moment. This is law enforcement talk radio show. Don't go anywhere. A lot's heading away. We'll be right back. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and be sure to click like. Current conversation with Jared Reston on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Jared is retired Jacksonville police officer, uh, retired from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. I know it's a long story. It's a sheriff's office that has police officers employees. He was shot seven times in a gunfight with a criminal who was a shoplifter, of all things, with a 45 caliber handgun. And before we get back into the details of that, he's now retired, and he you can find him at the Reston Group LLC. The website is RestonGroupTraining.com. That's Reston, R-E-S-T-O-N, GroupTraining.com, and you find his email address there. For winter break, Jared, we're talking about you, you grab this guy and you pull him towards you. And I, look, I get that as we as we tell afterwards what happened, it, it doesn't seem like it makes sense when it's going on. Things happen so fast. 
that they can seem right. illogical at the time. Um, and when you try to tell people afterwards, they're, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. And they think there's some big conspiracy or cover-up. But you realize at some point you were in a fight for your life. You've been shot multiple times. Oh, 100%. Uh, he was continuing to shoot me when I grabbed him. He was just, you know, sometimes, you know, I I already put, I knew I had hits on him. But you're, the human body's super unimpressed with, with bullets is right. what I've come to find out. You know what I mean? Like, you can eat a lot of bullets and do um, – and I learned early on in my career that, you know, bad guys will do conti- continue to do what they are doing prior to you shooting them <laughs> until they give up or you put their lights out. Well, like, that's there's the really thing. no pain compliance right. or anything like that when it comes to bullets. One of the things that we were taught early on, and we had a saying, is that back in the day – and I carried a thirty eight revolver. So I'm an old revolver cop. We had revolvers, mace, and what we called s pantoons in Baltimore. Great big table leg nightsticks. Uh, and they're yep. really effective. But when it came to mace, we always said, that only works on innocent bystanders and police. It never works on the bad guys, ever. Right, yeah. And we had this recurring nightmare. I know I've had it. I don't have it very often anymore, where... You need the gun for whatever reason, and it is a misfires, it dribbles out of the end, or it's not working, or, God forbid, the worst-case scenario, I wound up shooting someone else. Were you aware that you were hitting the guy, or were you thinking at the point, man, something's not right here? Um, so this was like my second shooting, and I've seen people shot. Like, sorry. I knew I was getting them just because of past performance on the range. You know, does that make sense? Yep. Like I was watching that front sight come down on him, and I was, and I would hit. So I knew I was getting good hits on him, but I wasn't. It's not as immediate. They don't blood doesn't pop. It just you're not gonna get any feedback from them pretty much until it's until they go out. It's not like television, and we people don't get propelled no. backwards all of a sudden. Right. No, they're going to continue to do what they were doing. So he was continuing to shoot, and he was closing the gap on me. And I guess, you know, through training and whatever, I reached out and grabbed him and pulled him to me just because it was like, hey, man, I'm going to bring it. I'm taking it to you now. You're not taking it to me. I'm going to show you who's in control of this. Yeah, I'm hit. Yeah, I'm hurt. But I'm still, I'm still winning this. And even if I didn't win it, I'm going to be holding on to you while, while I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I get that. And if I'm going, I'm not going by myself. Yeah, yeah. And so. that sounds, look, you and I have that conversation. It makes total sense to me. If I, that's the type of thing I can't have with a civilian who's never been in police work or combat and military. or anything. I can't, I can't explain it. And I'm not allowed to have that conversation with people. You, on the other hand, you can talk like that. You've been through it. Right. Um, I mean, I like talking about it with them, and you know, and and they don't understand it, and they don't do it. But I, my first thing I tell them is, I don't want you to under. I did my job, so you didn't have to understand that. Right. Yeah. Like uh, these are the these are the scars on our souls that we bear, that we do for you, so you don't have to. I don't. You know, I don't want to do taxes, and I need you for that. Like that's what you know. You know, right. like this is. Um, this is what makes a community. That's what makes everything happen is you have people who do different jobs so everybody can live in harmony. And I, I protect you from people who want to do that. 
can do the same thing that I can do, but for evil reasons. Right. And and you wind up paying a heck of a price when all this was said and done. Before we fast forward to that, uh, when did you know that, that it was over with the fight with this guy? So when I put those three contact shots to his head, he was he was done. But, you know, through training, it's not over till he's in handcuffs and we're, and we're good. So there was like a culvert next to us. So I took him while I was on my back and kind of rolled him into that culvert. And, again, like consciously I know he's dead. I just put bullets in his head. It's a lifeless body that I'm just rolling into a culvert now. But, again, I started kicking him, pushing him into the culvert and, like, me creating some distance. And I kept cover on him until my partner arrived, you know, five seconds later. And then my partner went up, verified he was dead, came back, started rescue on me, calling for, you know, calling for rescue, doing everything that he needs to do, controlling that scene. How bad were your injuries? So, I mean, they're bad. So I took one dead center of my jaw, exited out my neck. And, dude, you're talking to me. That's the thing that blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean wasn't they did that, a great job fixing me. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, I had a, a, a guy on uh, from uh, Taylor County Sheriff's Department in Florida who was shot in the face uh, by some guy in a car stop. And, and he's having a full-on conversation, and he, he sounds perfect like you. 30 years ago, yeah, people mean, like that didn't survive, and if they did, they were so disfigured they could never speak again. Right. I mean, they put me back together, and, I mean, I, I had to do about 15 surgeries to get it right, but, I mean— they got me back. Oh, my God. Do you have a beard now? Yep, I yeah. do. I, I, I was going to s- sarcastically say there's probably a good reason why you have a beard. You, you've probably got scars you don't want to expose to people. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I, I don't mind my scars. I mean, for, for a long time, I still remained. We, didn't, we weren't allowed to have beards. I mean, I, I got a beard when I was allowed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, I don't mind it because my scars are, they tell my story. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't mind them at all, really. Well, I got to um, say this, Jared, and my case is, is pales in comparison. You know, there was a time where all the medals and awards and silver stars and bronze stars and all that stuff really meant a lot to me. Uh, now, uh, what I have are these two pieces of metal in my right hand and wrist and, and scars, surgical scars. I call them street tattoos. Those are the medals I see yeah. every day. And you probably see, yep. you're probably used to it by now, but you probably don't want to explain to people how you got those scars on your face. Right. I mean, and, and this, I mean, I go around and tell this story. Like, I mean, I've been, so it's been 15 years ago since I was shot. And, I've been telling this story all over the country, you know, different debriefs for training purposes for everybody Um, because it is such a great story of, you know, some weapons failing, you know, foot pursuits, physical fitness. Like, it has so much aspect and and depth to to it, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. I don't mind telling the story, but I don't like – telling stories like, like i tell a funny story like you know one time we were at the pool with like the neighborhood pool and someone like one of the scars on my chest from where the my body armor burned and they were like you know you could get that scar removed or whatever and i'm kind of like you you have no idea right. you know what i mean i wear this 
Like that's a badge of honor right there. No, I get so. it. I, I do. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to ask you that, but you kind of you kind of answered it point blank. And the the thing that that you are alive, number one, blows me away. Uh, and we'll talk more about the reasons why. Yes, luck has a lot to do with it. Phenomenal medical care. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Your partner doing first aid, all those other things, the mindset. But for many people, we don't realize the news ought to say an officer is shot, but the good news is it's not life-threatening injuries. They never talk about what happens afterwards. There's only one official Facebook page for the show. Do a search on Facebook for the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show, and be sure to click like. This is the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. We'll turn to our conversation with Jared Reston in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you looking for great products that can be game changers for people, for their physical health, for their overall well-being? Go to letpops.com. That's letpops.com. Pops.com. I take these Juice Plus products. They make a world of difference for me. Better energy. I sleep better every night. Full night sleep every night. Zero leg cramps and more. Many people will tell you about the wonderful things that these products do for them. Plus, it can be a phenomenal business opportunity. You can help people improve their lives and for a very small fee, get a complete back end, complete website, zero inventory, no shipping, none of that stuff. Get full details on our website, letpops.com. That is letpops.com. This is a Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show return to conversation with Jared Reston, retired Jacksonville, Florida police officer. He was shot seven times with a 45 semi-automatic pistol. And in the gunfight, the suspect uh, was shot and killed. I've said this many times, and it sounds corny to say this. You're walking, talking miracle. And the, the, the fact that you can talk about this with me on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show is not lost on me. It's, it's impressive. It really is. But what a lot of people don't realize because we don't tell them, is the recovery process. Well, you said earlier, scars on your chest are kind of a badge of honor. How long, yeah. you said you had 15 surgeries on your face alone. How long yes. and how bad were the injuries? And what was the recovery process like? So, um, it was long and short, I guess. I mean, like how, it, so I took a shot that entered in above my left knee in my thigh exit out high i took one of my right buttock that that went into my right buttock broke my hip and lodged there and then three to my chest one through my face um and then one through my right elbow like a graze um i got back to work full duty in six months that but that is mind-blowing you're back to full duty in, in six months were, were you driven and motivated to get back was it like i'm gonna show them that i'm not down Uh, 100%. Like, um, but a lot of it was, I was driven and motivated before this, like, you know, with my PT and, and just staying right and being, you know, who I am as a person, like I was ready to go back. Like once my body said, I'm good, then I was good. If that makes sense. I was just waiting on the healing process. But by saying that I went back to work without any teeth on the bottom of my, you know what I mean? So I was 
I'd have to, it probably took four years to get done with everything. Like wow. I'd like I'd, I was back to work within six months, but then three months later I'd have to get a surgery and I'd be out for, you know, eight weeks. And so it, I was probably out altogether just over a year, but over like a five year period. And I, I, I hate to ask this. Uh, were you in a relationship at that time? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was with my wife. Uh, we just, we actually, my son was just over 13 months old. Oh my God. I don't know how she did it. I'll be Sometimes I wonder, uh, and I'm tearing up as we talk because my mother, and I'm, I'm divorced from the first marriage, but my mother yep. uh, said she never slept well until I retired from police work ever. And she would worry all the time. And I, I was so selfish and so driven. I don't say selfish in a bad way, but I was selfish and driven about what I was doing that I didn't really see the impact on those around me. Were you aware of how badly this was impacting your family? Um, I mean, yes and no. We, we, had, we had a good understanding. She knew who I was as a person. Um, and... So we always had a plan. Like if I, if I'm ever, if my name's ever going to make the news, or they're going to send someone to the house to tell you that I was involved in an incident, that. But I'm going to call you first and say, right. "Hey, listen. Like, I, I was in a shooting before this. You know, I called her and said, "Hey, listen. I was involved in a shooting. I can't talk about any of this, but I'm okay. Everything's good. You know what I mean? So when this shooting happened, I had to, my partner is also my best friend, Chris. So I had him call her and was like, Hey, you need to call her and let her know I'm okay. And so he called from like the back, back of the rescue. And he's like, Hey, Julie, this is Chris. And she, she's like, Hey, what's going on, Chris? He's like, uh, we got in a little bit of a gun battle, and Jared's been hit. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing now so, because uh, it's funny. I'm laughing because it's sad. And was she angry? I had to make a phone call like that to my now ex-wife, and she was angry because she was afraid of what happened. Yeah. No. I mean, Julie was literally in her mind. He didn't go into detail, which was perfect. She didn't say, like, I was shot through the face. She didn't say – he was just like hey, – she thought, like, maybe I was hitting the arm, and they were just taking – or in my armor, and they're just taking me as a precautionary measure. Like, she didn't really know the extent until she she got another call from somebody else who – then spilt the beans, and that wasn't a good call. I'm sure. But And by the way, let your wife know if she ever wants to tell her story on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. She's more than welcome. Uh, okay. Uh, how, how we talked about you, you getting back to work in six months, and you had no bottom teeth. Now, I'm not going to make any jokes right. about Jacksonville and teeth, but uh, I'm sure you've heard <laughs> all of them. Yeah. L- look, and I'm not saying this in a judgy, negative way. I I went through periods of time where I was going to show them that I was not this or that, or I was not down for the count, whatever it might be. And no matter how badly it hurt, I would never let them see me bleed. Never. And I would say, that's that's the agency I work for, uh, plus the bad guys. Right. Um, Was was that part of your thinking? A little bit. And it's always like, and I always tell people too, you know, I was never going to let this shooting change the person that I am. Right, the, the husband, the wife, the, or the husband, the father, the, the friend, whoever it is, you know? And, like, I can't let somebody beat me from the grave. You're not going to change who I was. You know, with the medications that I take and doing things like that, I don't want, I didn't want anything to change. No, I get that. I, I get it 100%. I, I got to ask you, 
how successful have you been and not changing? Uh, I mean, I think pretty good. Good. I mean, I've always been a, I've always been a hardhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's part of the reason why we're still alive. I, look, I, yeah, I say stubbornness right. went and, a long way. Right, and that's what some people say. If anybody, and I, that's what I think. God put me in that situation because He knew I could t- handle it. Well, the one I'd thing, rather it be me than any than some other people that I know. Exactly. Uh, one of the things I, I told my wife, the boss, the other day is that if I was in grade school now, they probably have on all kinds of medication. It was that kind of stubbornness and determination that probably allowed me to survive. I don't. I don't have the answers. Would, would that be a fair assessment for you? Oh, 100%. Did that motivate? Now you retired from policing. Thank God. Because uh, this is, <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm, I cried a couple of times. We talked, Jared, to be honest with you. Uh, you're finally retired, but you're still in the law enforcement game. Now, I want to talk about two things. You've got uh, restinggrouptraining.com, which we'll talk about in a moment. But you are involved with a leather group called safari land and they were very big when i was policing what do you do for them right well so i'm a regional sales rep for them and i just uh, i'm in their legion line it's not just leather gear we actually produce body armor see back in the day i think wearing when i was shot that's that's your great example of surviving that We, we, we joked that the holsters we were given were horrible, and uh, we would always spend our money on getting Safari Land holsters. You also right. yeah. are involved, and I get the motivation for why you want to do that, but what motivates you to do what you do with your group training, and what is that all about? So I, I started touring the country and doing these talks, and I lived in a weird bubble with the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. We are a very well-trained organization. Um, well-funded, well-trained, and like that, we, 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 I guess, just the culture down here is is provided that for us. And when I started touring, I noticed that not all agencies were given the same amount of training. Right. And I felt it was my duty as someone who's been there to share my experiences and to share what got me to winning that gunfight and how to push and do things. So like I started arresting group training to offer, you know, law enforcement training to law enforcement and civilians. Like just, I don't think there's a lot of great information out there. There's some that just gets, so I wanted to put out what I believe is the best information to armed professionals and civilians on actually winning gunfights and how to do it and prepare for it. And I'm sure as part of your training, you talk about, uh, or maybe you don't, uh, the winning the battle afterwards because it's a long battle after the the event. I mean, 100% we talk about it, but also winning the battle with it is they're, they're standing there with me and we're cutting up, joking, and living life. You know what I mean? It's not – I'm not a robot or – I mean, it's it's – I'm a living example of what is what life is. I love life. You know what I mean? I, I'll – I'll live it to the fullest. Now you're going to make me singing. You had me crying. You had me sweating. Now you had me singing that song from, I think, Scrooge, the movie, I Like Life, Life Likes Me. Uh, we're talking with Jared <laughs> yeah. Reston. He's retired Jacksonville police officer, retired from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, shot seven times in a gunfight with a forty-five caliber handgun, including once in the face. Jared, uh, thank you for your service, number one, and thanks for being guest on the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show. Both very much appreciated. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Anytime, man. Great talking. I'd like to thank our guests for coming on the Law Enforcement Talk radio show. 
The Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show is a nationally syndicated weekly radio show broadcast on numerous AM and FM radio stations across the country. We're always adding more affiliate stations. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, which is always free, please do me a favor and tell a friend or two or three. I'll be back in just a few days with another episode of the Law Enforcement Talk Radio Show and Podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.